0: Up next on Inside the SCCA, what you'll find at the virtual convention, SCCA Connect 2022. A guest today is the force, or one of the forces, behind SCCA's virtual national convention, SCCA Connect 2022. She's also a gearhead from a gearhead family. A member since 2008 with a big-time autocross background. She's been to Social Nash Solo Nationals. Social Nationals is probably also a good term for it because I know there's a little of that that goes on. She's been to Solo Nationals twice. She's done a little time in Spec Miata, which makes sense because her brother works for the Zoom Zoom. Now her fun with cars involves a Formula F. Professionally, she's a longtime marketing pro in the entertainment biz, working with theater and concert venues. She's worked with the likes of fellow car dude Jay Leno, and now she's our guest on Inside the SCCA. Welcome, Abby Sure.
1: Hello, good morning. How's good. everybody doing today?
0: Everyone here is good. Well, everyone here is sleeping because we're <laughs> at, we're in the, the West Coast here. You're on the East Coast. So
1: bright and early, either way.
0: There you go. There you go. Uh, This is kind of fun because when I asked you to be a guest on the the podcast, my idea was, let's tell everybody about the National Convention. You know, what's going to happen? Why should you go? All the fun stuff you're going to have. And then you sent me your bio, because I have all the guests send me a bio. And I found out, you know, it's funny, you never slipped this in when we talked. I found (laughs) out you're not just the person, one of the people helping put on this, what's going to be, I think, an amazing convention. You're a card dudette.
1: It happens. It's a family thing. Uh, When your dad's a gearhead, your brother's a gearhead, even your mom in some capacity, um, you're bound to grow up going fast and enjoying it. So one of those things you can't run away from when it's in the family.
0: Trying to stay out of trouble in the process. you know. I don't know about you, but... When I was young, I wanted to go fast every time I got behind the wheel or grabbed the handlebars, and I grew up in a tiny town in Wisconsin, and a lot of the sheriff's department deputies knew me, and I didn't think that was a good idea. Well, I didn't really care at the time, but so I had to have a place to take my and channel my my speed, and thankfully, I got involved with the SCCA through my dad as well, so so 2008 autocrossing, a, a good first step, a, a, a pretty common first step in the club. Tell me about your first uh, your first foray into the autocross.
1: So I started autocrossing. My brother was autocrossing. And uh, I, my first car was a uh, six-speed GTI. And I couldn't drive it off the lot, but I was insistent that I was going to buy a manual car because everybody in my family drove one. Um, so it was my first autocross car was a Volkswagen GTI and we went out there and I realized that it was definitely not fast enough and it was too big and rolled over way too much, but I remember being so nervous. And when I came through the finish line, all I could say was let's do it again. (laughs) And I was hooked from there. It was probably a good 30 seconds and done. The rest is history. (laughs)
0: That is the story I hear so many times, so many times over and over again from anyone in any, whether it be a cart, whether it be an autocross, whether it be a road rally. And I was like, I want to give this kind of a try. And then I tried it and like I was completely hooked. So it is it is a drug that no doctor can cure.
1: Or no one else can ever give you. That's yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. So so where were you doing your autocrossing early on? Or?
1: So I started off in South Carolina. Okay. Um, I live in a small beach town in South Carolina that's right on the North Carolina line. So we traveled into North Carolina region and South Carolina region autocrosses. Um, We were very lucky to be able to race at the Cherry Point Marine Base, which Mm. is a huge foxtrot runway of beautiful asphalt where they practice landing Harriers throughout the day, which is always exciting. So we got spoiled on some really amazing asphalt and um, started traveling um, to a couple different regions. Um, Most recently, I've raced in California. Um, My husband is a Marine, so we get moved all over the country and we get some awesome, tastes of new states and new racing that's available there so we've raced in the san diego region as well and it's been um, a really awesome journey of seeing how different places autocross how different places interact with people like you said in the social side of it um, everybody's a little different and you get to learn a lot of great things from new people which um, has always been a favorite part of the club for me
0: so you mentioned that your your is it your husband's in the military? He is. So your experience is kind of a lot like mine in in a tiny respect because as a journalist, we travel around the country for new jobs, and and I started as a Milwaukee Chicago region ish person, uh, then I went to school in Minnesota and became a member of Land Lakes region, uh, then work took me to Atlanta, so I was an Atlanta region member. And then work to so you know how it goes and yep. and and the idea is or the interesting part that I've always found was I could take and 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 nobody will be able to see me do this but I'm about to if I can find my little can of cards here here it is uh, I could go to any racetrack in the country. I can hold up this little white card at the, this little shack in the front, and I can sign my name and print my name, and I can walk in and walk up to someone, and no matter what track I am and what part of the country, I've met a family member.
1: Instant friends and family. Absolutely.
0: It's crazy. And it's it's just the coolest thing. And, and I have made lifelong friends in every region that I've played with, some uh, who I would Walk in front of a bus for uh, others. I'd run over with the. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'd run over with my race car. Um, no, it's it's really kind of amazing that we have this this kind of clan of of people that we love to hang out with. And and while it's fun what we do with the cars, it's it's almost at least in my life now at this point in my life, it's just as much fun to hang out on a Saturday night around the campfire and talk about cars and just hang out with, with family and friends. And I think that's fantastic.
1: It really is part of, I mean, we, we call it a family at the corporate office, you know, uh, the sports car family. And, um, I really love the camaraderie that you find in any sport. Obviously I grew up playing sports and, and different things, but I really think it's another level of camaraderie that you find in sports car, um, You won't go into every sport and find someone that's willing to give you a part off their car so that you can beat them in a race. And that's happened for me. Right. And it's it's one of those things that you although we pay to be members, you can't pay for that. Yeah. You know, that's something that's just really special that we get to experience as sports car members and and be a part of, which is amazing. And and funny enough, that's the tie-in to the convention this year is the connection that we have with people. Connect is our theme and that connection with those people and those experiences are something that people hold on to for a lifetime. And it's just, it's an amazing part thing to be a part of.
0: So you mentioned that you were in the North and South Carolina area. You also mentioned that your, your dad was a gearhead. I guess he's, he did some drag racing, right? That was how he was involved with the sport. Um, so through North and South Carolina, did you get in touch with the SCCA through Hayward
1: possibly? Um, I actually I Hayward and I still can't decide if we've actually met in person. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay. This, this wonderful world of remote working and meeting people uh, that we're in today. uh, We, we are 99% sure that we have crossed paths. There's no way it hasn't happened okay um between the many regionals that I've done going from North Carolina South Carolina Georgia is his spread as well right um over 10 plus years and to the couple nationals we were at the same nationals together but we don't know that we've actually looked at each other and said hey,
0: that's funny. Okay. I
1: think I know you.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Because uh, Hayward and I, we, we crossed paths a lot when he was much younger and I was much younger in Atlanta region. So I, I thought possibly that was a connection there. So so now you are in, in. are you still doing crossing? Are you autocrossing the Formula F or are you road racing the Formula F?
1: I have been actively autocrossing. And I say actively lightly because of COVID has canceled so many races recently, um, but actively autocrossing the formula. Um, we are looking to, I just recently put some new Penske shocks on it that I'm dying to test out. Um, that was a birthday present recently, which was awesome. Thanks dad. I love it. but uh we are actively auto-crossing the formula my husband does drive it my dad drives it my brother drives it um so it's still a family affair and uh we would like to get more into road racing open wheel has become a little more restrictive on the um just go play side um but that's only because of location for us and, right. and finding places where we can go but we love um We love auto crossing it. My husband grew up working at a go-kart track, so he thinks it's just a big go-kart and he finds that incredibly fun for him and, and me as well. And, um, we love what we do. It's a lot of fun. The formula is a whole nother beast. When you don't have a roof, you don't have, uh, any kind of doors and you feel like you're sitting in a coffin that is blowing hot air on top of you at all times, <laughs> it definitely takes some athleticism to run it. Everybody's like, it's so much fun. And I'm like, it will whip your butt for sure. <laughs> if anybody's ever driven open wheel, they understand that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, what, how hard has it been for you to, to transition from driving a tin top fast to driving an open wheel car fast?
1: It's been, it's still, I've had the car since uh, 2017, 2017 or 2018, it was right at the beginning of the year when I bought it. And it has still been an incredibly um, steep learning curve. Um, the car, it doesn't talk to you as much as you'd like to. When you're in a full body car, you feel the car move, you feel, you know, you feel the rear end come around on you, you feel the nose dig in, you feel, um, you feel forward and backward movement like when, when you stop and go. And um, when you're that, when you're two, less than two inches off the ground um, you don't get a lot of that language from the car. Um, It's kind of one of those balls to the walls and you kind of have to um, commit to a learning and, and figure out where you can go and how far you can push it. And that communication has always been something in my driving. That's been very big to me Um, listening to a car, And when you don't have it as much, it's trial and error, where which is where we've been. Um, But when you go that fast, it's kind of hard to give up on it because it's it's shocking. It's a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) And one of the people, one of the different experiences is with with a a front engined closed wheel car. You hear a lot of the motor sounds. Mm -hmm. You hear the revs differently than when you have the motor behind you and nothing enclosing it and sending that feedback through, you know, the floorboard and up into your into your helmet, so there's that difference. There's also in in on a positive side with a with a a, a golf or the Mazda that, y- that you were driving, you can't see your wheels. Mm-hmm. So on a formula car, it's a whole lot easier to get yourself. To the to to the cone, to, to get to the cone without it. hitting the cone, you know. There have been times in the autocross where I thought I might have hit the cone, I thought I might not have hit the cone. There are times when I didn't even think I was anywhere near the cone, and I, then I see the thing bouncing in the background.
1: <laughs> There's well- never a question in a formula.
0: Exactly. So I've
1: actually had a cone spit back at me in the cockpit. I hit it such perfectly with the wheels turned that it spit the cone up and hit my helmet as it came across the back of the car. That is a wild experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Something
1: that took a, a long time for me to get to used to was the seat position in the formula. Um, mm-hmm. In a normal car, you find yourself, everybody has their different you know, plan, but I found myself very upright and as tight to the wheel as I could get. Um, and I used that as a way to move the car, like be a part of the car as well, and to gauge what the car was doing as much as my body was moving or not moving. Um, but in the formula, you're actually in a reclined um, position and you don't get that pendulum feel as much. I don't know how to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get that sensory that you, you, you know, the car's moving. This is where you're going. You're going with it. You're turning the wheel with it. You're at a almost uh, you're at an extended reach with your arms and you're leaned back and um, learning how to how to feel that differently was a still something I struggle with I actually have been playing the game of can we move the seat can I push it back can I sit up front can I see and I'm very short in the torso to see over the nose of the car is almost impossible for me so I'm looking way far out whereas a lot of people which is good you know you always want to look out but it's it's funny the small nuances uh that you realize the more you drive it and the more you realize you're not in a full-body car
0: sure 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 so you know there there are and, and we um we embrace and love the the our, our female drivers and participants on this show. I have a a young fierce amazing 16 year old daughter who I think will at some point in time say she wants to do something with this and uh, I, I, I i I struggle with this idea that. You know, race car drivers are race car drivers are, are race car drivers. It doesn't matter whether they're male or female, but gosh darn it, it does, unfortunately. And but the question I have for you, I, I, we all know the the at the track struggles for what a you know what a female driver goes through. When you go out with your girlfriends, having nothing to do with racing, and you tell them, "Hey, I drive a race car on the weekends," what's that response like?
1: Um, it's, it, it's, it's one way or the other. Um, I've met people that, you know, you try, you try two different ways. You're like, yeah, you know, I kind of, I drive, I drive race cars on the weekend. You try to slip it in real sly. <laughs> like it's not a big deal. Um, or you try to be, you know, I'm cool. I drive race cars on the weekend with the little bit right. of the hair. Strip. Um, actually the funny part is, is the interest. Um, most of the time you think you're going to get the Oh, well that's interesting. You know, that kind of stale like I have no relative right. comparison or anything. But I would say that 99% of the time, what? You do what? Can what do you what, what do you mean you drive right. race cars? And then you show them a picture of your car and now I'm showing them a large go-kart which is even more bizarre because they're right. like wait, like are you we live in a tourist area? Are you on like one of the little like go-kart tracks around here? And I'm like no. Like this is this is fun. This is what we go do. This is a hobby. This is, we travel to do this. So the reaction is always um, very positive. Um, in some cases, it's been so positive that I have brought friends along, which is even better, and turned some of my friends into race car drivers. Uh, I've cool. got a friend that's currently in Sandusky, Ohio, that gone racing with me and can't stand the, fa- the fact that she has nothing to drive right now because we don't live in the same state.
0: <laughs> so cool. So cool.
1: So it, it's... It, um. It's always been um, very positive, for sure.
0: It used to be easier to be slick about this because when I started, there was no social media. So, you know, you could be, you could have your weekend thing, you know. and nobody knew about it. And nobody knew about it, you know, unless you brought it up. And now you know, if it didn't happen on Instagram, it didn't happen. So, you know, everyone posts, you know, at least I do, you know, when I'm at the racetrack in the announce booth, I pop a picture up when I'm doing my stuff with my cars. I'm when I'm under my car changing. I don't know why I did the under the car changing the oil <laughs> stuff. It's a on. different
1: pr- perspective. That's
0: good. <sighs> anyway, I think it's just to prove more to myself that I can still do that stuff. But anyway, it, you know, so it used to be when you would have those discussions, people like, well, like, do you drive race cars. Who, how, how does that? But now everybody, kind of knows and but what's cool with social media is the people who you would never think would be interested in that come up to you exactly. either on social media or if you if you have the chance when there's no COVID to get together in person and we'll, we'll start up a conversation I was at a uh, our my work Christmas party and I worked for CBS here in LA and someone from the sales department Saw something I posted on Twitter, I'm guessing, because I don't, I don't, I try not to friend people from work on Facebook. That's a, that's a long story a that maybe if after a couple of bourbons at the racetrack, you could ask me about. But uh, uh, walked up to me at the Christmas party. I'd never met the person before. Didn't even know that they were important. I, I think it was actually this, one of the sales managers, and said, "Oh, you know what? I've been wanting to check out uh, the the track days. Can you? How do I get involved with a track day?" And and we struck up a conversation. My wife's like, "I've lost my husband." She went off to grab another, you know, another <laughs> hand, you know, thing on a stick to eat and. And and he came out to the track and and started doing track days. I sent him to a track night in America, and he had a blast with that and all of that kind of stuff. So it's really kind of cool how that's kind of evolved over the over time as well. So and let me we're gonna talk about one more thing before we take our break, and then after the break we'll come back and talk about the real reason we did this podcast, and that's the convention. But uh, you, you're uh, you're you're outside of racing life you're a professional marketer and you did a lot with the entertainment business and you had a chance to spend a few minutes with a fellow car guy yes, and you sent me and of course when I asked you to send me the headshots you were quick to send the shot of you with Mr. Mr. Jay Leno yes. and he of course is like the president of Gearhead Nation did you guys get a chance to talk about cars at all?
1: We did. I actually I've met him twice now. The venue that I have is uh, had him come and do his comedies, um, comedy bits twice uh, since I've been there. And he came in the first time. Let me tell you, he is one of the most genuine people that you can meet on the A-list side. I don't care what anybody, car, hard nut or right. not. He came in. Um, it was just normally when uh, celebs come in, they come in with their crew and their handlers and and all the people that are feeding them green MMs only and you know the whole all the horror stories you hear. He comes in by himself with his briefcase and says, "We ask him, you know, is there anything we can get you? Do you need anything?" He's like, "I need a place that I can take a shower, maybe get a nap, and can I have a bottle of water?" <laughs> so easy, and we're like, "Yeah, we could do that. That's easy." Um, after the show, he took our entire tech crew um and our stage crew out for beer and burgers paid for it wow and then left to go do a a show somewhere else that night or the next day just super down to earth you know of course anybody he meets has to tell them if they like cars or not so of course i step sure. up and i'm like i like cars <laughs> <laughs> hi mr Lino and he uh he laughs and he goes what kind of cars do you like and i was like Anything that's fast. And he goes, what do you mean by that? I was like, I race cars. I felt like such a child. I was exactly. like, hi, I'm five again. <laughs> the cool thing was, is the second time I met him, it, there was a two-year gap between. And, um, I, you know, we went to check on him and see if he needed anything. And he was like, you still racing cars? Nice. I nice. mean, did not miss a beat. Met him for five seconds. And I said, yeah, I bought something cool. And he's like, what's that? I said, a Formula Ford. He goes, is that one of them open wheel things? He goes, I don't think I can get in one of them. <laughs>
0: So, you know, I, I, I'm i a Letterman guy, okay? I want to hate Jay Leno.
1: You can't. I'm telling you.
0: Because, you, you know, we all know all the drama about The Tonight Show and all of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're out here in L.A., and one of our dear friends, actually my daughter's acting coach, is a comedian. And they cross paths all the time out here because Jay still goes to the local comedy clubs a couple nights a week, and and does his little bit. And he's apparently amazing with the young comics or the no name comics or all of that. And you know, and then he did this car show on I think it was CNBC is where it ended up. Uh, And 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 I just can't not like the guy, and I really don't want to like the guy. No, I'm just telling you. I'm I'm kind of kidding.
1: Yeah, but, he's but, he's just a good human. It's yeah. awesome.
0: And the story you've told is the story that I've heard from several people out here. So uh, I, I, that's great to hear. So, all right, so we're gonna take a break, and then when we come back, we're gonna go through a bunch of stuff on the convention. We'll talk about some of the sessions and and give you all a reason to go to SCCA.com, click register, put on all your digits, and and get yourself ready for this year's 2022 virtual convention, SCCA Connect. My guest, Abby Scherr, will be back in just a second. Hi, I'm Dorsey Schrader, and this is Inside the SCCA. When I need numbers for my autocross time trial or road race car, I go to autocrossdigits.com. Christian and his crew offer top-quality magnetic and vinyl numbers. Their website is easy to navigate, the prices are great, and most orders ship in four business days. If you need numbers for your car, check out autocrossdigits.com. Tell them the podcast guy sent you.
2: Welcome back to Inside the SCCA. Here's this week's headlines. Cal Club and the Santa Monica Sports Car Club are hosting their first first Friday night rally of 2022 on January 7th. SMSCC. Conducts great rallies on the first Friday night of every month. Go to smcc.org for more info. The first Super Tour event is at Sebring on January 14th to the 16th. There's still time to register on motorsportsreg.com. That's motorsportsreg.com. The Finger Lakes Region Long Way Home 2022 Rally is set for January 8th. Entry is $40. Non-members will need a $15 weekend membership. You can get the details on the Finger Lakes Region website. And finally, Cal Club is getting ready for its first race of the year at Buttonwillow. It's January 15th and 16th, and it's a major race. Go to calclub.com for details. There are links to all these events in the show notes. If you'd like to get some of your region's news on the podcast, send the details in an email to raceannouncerbrian at gmail.com. That's raceannouncerbrian at gmail.com. For Inside the SCA, I'm Alex Polanski.
0: Welcome back to Inside the SCCA. I'm Brian Belansky. My guest is fellow gearhead Abby Sure, and, and what a great conversation we just had about all of her fun with cars. And I guess that's how you got to be part of our little national office crew. And, and I'm always interested to hear, you know, you know, it's a job working for national. And uh, I, I know a lot of the folks who do. But uh, I'm always interested to find out, you know, what made them think that maybe working for SCCA was cool. That's obvious for you because you're, you know, a fellow gearhead. So that's pretty, pretty cool. You are one of the team of folks who is putting together SCCA Connect 2022 which is the awesome name that they've come up with? I have to say things like awesome because they've asked me to host a couple of, of the sessions. You know, I'm going to so, say you're involved. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it's SECa Connect 2022, virtual again this year because of our friend Mr. COVID. And uh, but but uh, I look at the the level or the the, the sessions. It really looks like a in person national convention, just not in person, right?
1: It is. And honestly, um, I know everybody's sick of the virtual. They want to see their humans, hug their humans, thousand percent get it. But the great thing about virtual is we get to be more accessible to more people. Um, It it makes it, you know, not everybody has the ability to go to Vegas, which don't get me wrong. We all want to go to Vegas in the big scheme of things, but um, which we will be in 2023. So don't worry. Um, But it makes it super accessible to every person that might not always be able to go to Vegas. So I think that's a great way for us to be able to reach um, our SEC family and be able to provide them with the things that they need to be awesome, like right. you said.
0: Right. I, and my goal or my goal, my hope is that even when we go back to Vegas, it'll be a virtual convention, you know, a hybrid situation. It will be, yes. And the, the my concern, and I'm sure it might be the concern of the club as well, because I've run big events like this as well, is that if it's virtual and in-person, how many people will choose to not go and just go virtually? And can the club break even in Vegas on an event where they're not in-person? And of course, we've all talked money in the club, so we all have a vested interest in the money. So you know, maybe it'll be virtual and in-person one year, and we'll see how it goes. But Uh, I I really think that because there's so many people who – either can't go to Las Vegas because they have work and, and, gosh darn it, if I'm going to take vacation, I'm going to take it to go to the racetrack and sit in a race car versus going to Vegas and sitting in a in a session. Or, or they just don't have the funds to do that because, you know, we've spent our money racing cars, not going to conventions. So I get that completely. Uh, I just hope that uh, when we try to do it uh, virtually and in person that we can get enough people who still go – so that the club doesn't lose money doing it, so and uh, and maybe that just means a different location that's less expensive than Vegas. So that could
2: be a possibility too. I definitely think too. in the
1: future the convention's going to change, but it changes every year. You know, mm-hmm. we're definitely um, twenty twenty three is definitely going to be in Vegas. It will definitely be hybrid, and I think moving forward it will almost always be hybrid at this point. Just again, so that we have that accessibility to people right. that can't go to Vegas. Um, but I think the fact that uh, we can, you know, pivot and and do what everybody needs and be as available to everybody as possible. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Vegas, but you know, not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. So right. we want to make sure that we can connect to everybody as much as we can possibly do. <laughs>
0: Got it. Got it. So this year's convention, it launches uh Friday, the 21st of January, 3 PM. I'm going to guess this is. Oh, it's Central Time Call is what my Central thing. Is. Okay, okay. So, so that would be 4 p.m. in the East and noon for all of us on the correct coast, and and that will be cool. And it will it will start as it always does with the annual meeting. And does it says it's an hour? Does that really take an hour?
1: Um, <laughs> is I, this a pro
0: forma think... meeting?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would say that it'll come uh, close to an hour. It's a, uh, a look, we say a look in the rear view and a look forward um, of what, you know, past year present moving forward um, updates on how the club's doing and membership status and, you know, uh, a little bit of everything. So sometimes it gets close to an hour. um, But I think, A lot of information that's uh, super pertinent to any member of any status, Um, whether you're an RE or you're a club racer or um, an autocrosser, whatever the case may be. um, I think there's some really good information um, across the board for anybody that's involved in the club.
0: Right, right. We're not going to go through every session, folks, because first of all, we'd bore you to tears and we want to have you keep listening. But uh, we will go through some of them here. You can find the entire convention rundown on SCCA.com. If you go on the homepage and scroll down about halfway, you'll see a little button. Click on that and and all of the nuts and bolts will be there. But uh, there are a couple of sessions in particular that we want to talk about, uh, not just because I'm the host of a couple of them, but we'll certainly get to talk about those because it's my podcast. Uh, those are the fun ones. Of course. Well, I would like to think so. And and we've already recorded one of them, by the way. We recorded a session with uh, with Hayward Wagner and Randy Popst. And frankly, no one cares about me and Hayward Wagner. It's fun talking to Randy Popst. And and that was a blast. And and we'll talk about, the uh, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, the first session on... Friday that, uh, that I'm involved with is called Car Culture versus Car Competitors, presented by the Inside the SCCA podcast. Shameless plug. And that's going to be cool because we're going to sit down with our president, Michael Cobb, and we're going to talk with one of the club's biggest supporters, McKeel Haggerty. That should be fun.
1: We're very excited to have McKeel. Um, his schedule is always super busy, and he was um, super awesome with working and with our schedule to get in. And, and he's very excited to be a part of it. Um, Haggerty has always been a big partner of the SCCA and um, he just loves being involved. Uh, we spoke to him about this concept. Uh, Haggerty is very much about car culture and who those car people are. And, and and one of the things that we as SCCA want to do is learn how to connect to those people. Um, we've always been very about competition. And I think that um, car culture people are a little different than car competition people and we wanna learn how we can connect with them and be a part of car culture just as much as the competition.
0: Right, right. And the cool part about this session is it's gonna be live and I'm gonna figure out a way to take questions from the people out in in the interverse uh, and 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 ask some questions. I don't know if we'll take them ahead of time on Facebook or if we'll how we'll do. We're going to come up with a system, and I'll I'll make sure that I get a couple of of your questions out there to both you know the prez and uh, and what do we call them pot. President of (laughs) Potusica, we gotta come up with a cool acronym like Potus, and and I got I've got two weeks (laughs) to come up with this. So I'm
1: sure he would appreciate that. (laughs) I think it's gonna
0: be (laughs) Potuska. (laughs) Uh, So we'll get some questions for for Michael Cobb. Obviously, we'll have questions for for McKeel Haggerty. And that's going to be at 5 o'clock Central Time on Friday the 21st. And what's also cool about all these sessions is after they're done, they're going to be on the SCCA website for members. And this one in particular, I think we're going to try to manage to work it out so we can put it up as a podcast as well. So so that'll be cool. Because we'll then hopefully try to get some non-members interested in the club to become members, which is the fun part of that. Then two really big sessions on that first opening night, which are, in my opinion, maybe the best reason to go to the convention. Convention. I, I almost wish we'd wait till the last day to do it, but that's fun. I get it. Uh, the club awards, which is how we honor all of the people who are involved with us on a day-to-day, year-to-year races, the current award members, that's the worker of the year and all that kind of fun stuff. And it's it's always great to see what we do and who gets the the honor for that. And a lot of times those club awards are almost lifetime achievement awards, it feels like, because the people who typically win these are the people who they really really, really put in the time with the club, isn't it?
1: They really are. They're really, um, we go through, there's a whole vetting process and nomination process, and there's data that goes with it and, and all kinds of um, really important forethought from different boards and different people in different parts of corporate on how these go about. And um, as I was learning more about them, it was really I think you hit the nail on the head, lifetime achievement status. Um, some people uh, said that they've been in the club for, you know, 50 years and never thought this was something that would be, you know, and how, how grateful they are to be a part of a club that appreciates them and 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 shows their appreciation in, in ways like this.
0: Cool. And then after that, we're going to have the awards ceremony for our Hall of Famers, and that is, you know, giving uh, and paying homage to the history of what is, in my opinion, the best sports car club in the world and, you know, honoring some pretty amazing people. And I'm, I'm sure those who have listened to the podcast know that one of my goals on the podcast is to do a podcast on every Hall of Fame member whether they're with us or not. So we've been fortunate enough to have uh, Paul Fanner on. He was our, one of our first Hall of Famer, and he is a current upcoming inductee, right? He's about to become a Hall of Famer. And then uh, I we just got done with Dorsey Schrader. That was a fantastic podcast. And Randy Popes is a Hall of Famer who this wasn't... We didn't do the Hall of Fame Randy Popes podcast. That will come down the road.
1: I'm sure he could handle that. <laughs>
0: I think Randy and Dorsey are, one, are two of the people in the world who like to talk more than I do, which is amazing. Uh, so so that will be I'm fun. For you. <laughs> but the other thing I just want to throw out there, having nothing to do with the convention, I'm I'm gonna do a podcast even on our members who are no longer with us. So I'm gonna be looking for people who knew them, who could tell stories about them, and we're gonna do some really fun stuff there. And I wanna put these out as a document, as a an oral history of the SECA for members and future members to to know who who was involved in getting us to where we are today. So uh, shameless plug for the podcast there. Okay. Moving on to Saturday and and a lot of the other sessions, we're not going to go through every session, but but we will. You know, it's what you would expect from a convention. Every specialty, every uh, every every specialty group is going to have their type of session. We've got the road a session for road rally program directors. We've got our our town halls, which are very popular and often sometimes contentious. Uh, we'll have those as well. You know, let's let's stir up the controversy already. And uh, so, but that'll all be happening throughout the time. Exactly. Exactly. I'm good at stirring the pot. And everybody gets their town hall, which is kind of pretty cool. And then uh, we're going to have some sessions for, for partners. And, and those will be good to help regions kind of understand how they can attract partners. I think that's pretty fantastic. Uh, A solo set, well, many solo sessions. And this is one I, how to. (laughs) <laughs> members behaving badly did you I, you're doing a session about me I, I i didn't realize you were gonna no it's not about you <laughs> it's too funny I, you know what i i it's it's a reality you know you've got to deal with all different types of people in a club <laughs> and i always joke that being a a race director is just being the president of the romper room and you know it's a whole bunch of different personalities both on the driver side and the crew side and the, and, and and the, the worker side and it doesn't always go perfectly so i love that session uh, what else can we talk about here as I scroll through here? A session on the SCCA Foundation. I don't think even some um, members know what the SCCA Foundation is. So that's fantastic, right?
1: Which is great. And they're they're really involved and they actually have a handful of sessions that are coming through um, and some really interesting ones at that.
0: Now let's talk about another one of the sessions I'm interest, interested in. And that's, of course, because I'm one of the hosts. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be the IMSA and the Future of Motorsports session. It's going to be with Eric Prill, our vice president of road racing, and John Doonan from the, from IMSA. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to, to moderate and host that session. And what's, I think, going to be interesting about this, Abby, is that we're going to talk about how the club works together with their professional partners, with their professional series partners, and how the club can benefit more from that, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, how we can be more successful. How can we can be more engaging with, I know one of the big things EMSA is talking about is the next generation of motorsports enthusiasts, how we can engage with them, how can we can be um, a part of that group. And one of the, like, what is the difference between IMSA fans and SCCA members and how can we connect um, those people together? It's a IMSA has been doing some really great research and data on those types of people and what they're looking for and how they interact in the motorsports world and that's just something that can be really beneficial to us and the fact that they're willing to partner with us is just incredible.
0: So talk to me a little bit about digital annual waivers. I saw that, and, and it feels like the club's getting to to 20, 20, 20, 2015 now that we've – the club always seems to lag behind on the technology side of stuff. Uh, but it's cool that we're going to get this digital annual waiver thing going, right?
1: Absolutely. We're, we're definitely catching up in the world of the digital um... – capabilities. And uh, our member services team has worked really hard to do um, some testing. We did test uh, some different testing with different clubs to make sure that it was working properly. And we just recently launched our digital waivers for annual waivers and for minor waivers. Um, So this is something that you can do um, in your member account portal. And you can do your annual waiver digitally. We'll we'll approve it. You do have to upload a picture of yourself uh, with it kind of as a security feature and you can actually have your member card on your phone now uh so you don't have to carry around a card once you've done your digital digital waiver you can upload that to your phone carry it around with you because who doesn't have their phone with them all the time but it's um it's a really great resource that we've been able they've been working so hard on and we finally got it out and going and um We've had a lot of people uh, signing up using their digital waivers and it's, it just makes it uh, so much easier for everybody in the long run, rather than mailing your paper forms in.
0: Got it. Got it. Another session. This one is going to be on Tuesday at two thirty Central Time, uh, which I'm really interested in. Is SCCA Archives a look into club history? That kind of goes back to my discussion about featuring all the Hall of Famers on the show. The the history of the club is so rich and so long that uh, I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Uh, Going on down. I mean, more uh, more programs having to do with the individual specialties and how to run a race weekend. Talking about you know stewards. and and other things like that there's uh, marketing which I think uh, will be a great session with uh, with Kristen Poole and Andy Wolf that's going to be on Wednesday and and you know every region that I've ever been involved with has had this discussion of you know how do we get more members how do we market ourselves what what's the best way to spend our money which is not always in in full supply to get more members so that we can have more money so we can play with cars so that should be a great great session for folks who are looking into it. Absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah. The marketing department's got a couple different killer sessions that would um, help with that. How do we get more members? How do we retain members? How do we, you know, how do we get involved? I know that Dan with partnerships is going to do a, how do we get partners for our regions to help pay for things? You know, how do we partner with different companies and different brands? And um, Andy's going to be doing a branding um, session as well that can help, you know, brand to your market, which is
0: great. Right, right, so, and then another question I always hear people ask me or I see on the social media is you know why does why are entry fees so darn expensive?" If you're interested in the answer, one of the answers to that question, you should tune in at noon on Wednesday for the uh, insurance and risk management session. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a good portion of where our money goes to for our entry fees to make sure that if something God forbid happens at the racetrack, you know we're all covered and we can we can still do our thing. So uh, so so that'll be maybe maybe a good session, maybe a little boring. But if you want answers to that's those questions, important. yeah, absolutely. Super important. And, you know, what's really cool is about this is, you know, that's a session that I'm going to guess a lot of members, if they were in Vegas, would maybe not have time for or choose to skip. And because of it's not the most maybe sexy of topics, but because it's going to be put up on the website afterwards, that's something that people can go back and look at at, the, at their leisure. So uh, absolutely.
1: And a reminder that all the sessions from last year were recorded and they are in your member account portal for you to access Um as well and there's still very very relevant information there from last year that you can use if you didn't get the chance to you know see it virtually I know last year it was a month long so um, not everybody had the time to dedicate to it but there's there's tons and tons of resources that uh, regions and members can use from previous year and this year will be recorded and put in the same location as well in your member
0: account portal. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. So, uh, next up, I just want to briefly talk about redefining winning. That's the third session that I'm fortunate enough to be a part of. That's the one with Randy Popst and Hayward Wagner. Uh, We talked about two types of two kind of tracks of redefining winning. First of all, you know, the the on-track version of basically the idea of we're a club of gentlemen and gentle lady racers and how we treat each other on the racetrack. That's part of the session. But the other part of the session is, which I think is even more fascinating, was our discussion about how when in the SCCA has and it really for a lot of people nothing at all to do with a trophy because a lot of people go to our events have an absolute blast of a time and will never finish maybe higher than mid pack that's kind of my thing you know uh, I, I've I've been a guy who can go to the track and and have fun racing for fifteenth. And, and we should embrace that and talk about that. That's part of what we talk about. It's a really great conversation. So
1: I'm, I'm really excited to hear this session. When, when I originally spoke to Randy about the session and doing this session, all I could think about was my first experience at Nationals, and I met um, what they call a hundred percenter. And it was someone that had been to every solo Nats, and she was in her late 60s, maybe? And she was there because she loved cars. Her and her husband drove. They came every year. She said, my goal is to not DNF. And I remember thinking, because it was my first nationals, I'm going to (laughs) win. And she, honestly, I think she had more fun and met more people and accomplished more that week than I could have in one day.
0: Yeah, that's great. Because, you know, it's funny. I, I I, I do triathlons. Uh, and with anyone who knows me would look at me and say, uh, "You do, you do what?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't win triathlons. I do triathlons, and my goal is always to complete, not compete." And and that's the same idea. I, I just love that. So. Uh, Scrolling down a little bit more, another one of those marketing discussions that you said was going to be kind of rock star branding. It's all about perception. I think that's really cool and important for what we do. Another one that caught my eye, electrified vehicles in the SECA i know a lot of us love grease under our nails and the smell of race gas in the morning and all of that kind of stuff but if anybody doesn't think that the future of the club in some way shape or form is going to be electric they're wrong and i love that we're addressing it and starting those discussions
1: yeah and i got the chance to even if you're not sure about electrified vehicles i had the opportunity to meet dale And he is a character in itself. So he is, I'm I'm super excited about his presentation and he has um, a big heart for electric vehicles and what they can and can't do. And um, he's going to be great.
0: Awesome. Nature, nurture versus nature, stopping burnout. I don't know what that is, but I like it i like the name of it i think that should be fun and I, I i have an idea that it has to do with the fact that in any organization 10 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work and it, that can wear some people out over time so i love that idea uh what else we've got i mean gosh it's just the, the list is on and on and on and every session looks interesting gps-based road rally this is the one i that caught my eye real early on this is on uh friday at noon I think a lot of people, you know, road rally is is you know has always been with the paper and all that kind of stuff, and you have checkpoints and all of that, and and because of COVID, there was some reasons to kind of rework how people do things. And our our rally group out here mentioned that we were they were going to use this GPS system, and I, I've never heard of it before. So this sounds really fascinating to me.
1: I spoke to Mike Benton very briefly. He serves on the road rally board about this. And he said that this is something that he really think is go- he really thinks is going to change the whole dynamic of um, road rally and, and, and possibly even bring a younger generation into it, which I think is great. Um, I think, you know, being able to reach out to a new different, a, a different type of member and, and interesting them in the club and what we have to offer. Um, I'm super excited to see this. I've always been interested in road rally, have never dipped my toe. But um, I definitely think this is something I'm going to be trying to convince Mike if he can give me a car to drive eventually.
0: <laughs> well, and, and the younger member thing is exactly what, what, what popped into my mind. You know, we're in this GPS, you know, on your phone's world today. And I know we're old school and we don't always want to do things like that. But I think you're absolutely right that this could be an open door to a different generation, a new generation of, of rally people. So. Absolutely. All right, and then it looks like we end end the, the last day as kind of the rally day. The last two sessions is how, how to start a TSD for those who aren't ralliers. That's time, speed, distance rally program. And then the final session of the, the, whole, the whole kit and caboodle is road rally office hours. I'm guessing the office hours sessions are just kind of like almost like a town hall kind of situation, right?
1: It is. And and for us, I think the office hours are um, a little more personal one-on-one time. Like if you went to the town hall and they were talking about what they saw in the program directions, if the group had any questions, but if you have some more specific questions or concerns where you need to really get a hold of somebody on one, of, typically someone from the board is there um, or within the region that you can just really reach out and have some more one-on-one time with them. Um, I think they're really important because uh, us as a national office want to be as accessible to people as possible and sometimes they feel like maybe we're not and this is our way of opening Got our it. doors and saying hey we're here we're here to help what can we do um i will say that we do have maybe one or two sessions lingering um to come in uh we're just finalizing a few things that will possibly come after road rally or even saturday morning as a close out um so stay tuned for those we hope to wrap those up here shortly and um
0: Get cool. that finalized. So uh, t- two final questions before we wrap, because we're getting close to our time here. Are there any sessions that you wanted to make sure we know about that I didn't, that I didn't mention?
1: Um, I'm going to have to say as one of the chicks on track, definitely want to check out um, the foundation uh women on track session that's coming up. It is Friday at 2 30. Um it's gonna be, you're gonna get to meet the new executive committee for women on track um and see what programs they're working on, the community that or they're working on within sports car. Um and they've got some really awesome stuff that they're they're excited to tell. Um I won't ruin any secrets, but if you're um, a supporter of women on track, or if you're a woman that's on the track, I, I definitely suggest not missing that foundation session.
0: Yeah, and I I apologize for glancing over that. I the, it was
1: what? Yeah, there and there the was title
0: there. was what. If I had seen it, <laughs> if the we should change the title.
1: I'm definitely gonna go back and yeah. edit right now.
2: <laughs> if you've got
0: someone who knows how to can get that done, let's change the title because I, I think what I, I did not jump out at me as a woman on track, but I'm a dude, so. You know, it's all good. I'm guilty us, as us charged.
1: definitely would have known. <laughs> sure,
0: sure, 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 absolutely. Great session. So my last question for you is: is do what are the opportunities during these virtual sessions for people to interact during the sessions? Are are there going to be? And are, I'm assuming a lot of these are live. So. Yes. Are, are people going to be able to chomp onto the the, the screen and, and ask questions on, you know, like with, with a, or, or are they going to be able to ask questions with their cameras and microphones? How is that going to work?
1: So the, uh, each session is going to be set up a little different. We're finalizing some of the final details with that, but there, some sessions will be webinar style. So it'll be one way. Got it. Um, so there'll be a presentation and then some, Actually, I'd say a majority of them are more meeting style, where you can see everybody that's there. You can talk, you can chat. Obviously, we ask that when the presentation is happening to let the presentation happen, um, but there will be chat functions as well um, within uh, the Whova app, so that you can ask questions uh, during the presentation, and there will be a moderator um, fielding those questions and either answering them or giving them to the presenter to answer. So there will definitely be ways to communicate. Um, There'll also be live polling um during the sessions so we'll have some live polls that come through um, you know getting your opinions and there'll be surveys as well um, before and after so there will definitely be a high visibility for communication if you have questions during the sessions some of them will be pre-recorded but they will be monitored by the person that recorded them so they'll still be there um, to ask questions answer questions and that's also part of um, what we push for office hours like if you don't don't fret if we missed your questions if there were lots coming in um, always remember that there are office hours available to you and and obviously the national office is always there as well
0: Cool. Is there anything else that we need to know? What any any other, you know, big announcements, any any inside baseball that you can tell us?
1: Not quite yet. I like okay. I said, we have one one or two sessions hanging um, to finalize that are going to be really awesome. Um, always know that you can get your information from sportscar.com, scca.com. And if you're not getting our e blasts, make sure you sign up for those because that's where we're sending out some of our um, final announcements is uh, with carry speed up to speed emails. If you're not getting those, those are really important. And we just really look forward. Um, we miss everybody. Um, you know, in this, in this world that we live in, we miss everybody. And unfortunately, and fortunately, we still get to see you because we're virtual. And, um, we look forward to connecting with everybody through this convention and moving forward. And so we can see in Vegas in 23.
0: And I look forward to having Carrie speed on as a guest at some point in time too. That should be fun. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) If people haven't figured out the sarcasm, that's (laughs) anyway, that's,
1: the imaginary person. <laughs> yes, of course,
0: of course. All right. So uh, this has been a great conversation, Abby. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate I'm you joining so me.
1: We uh, we are so excited to be a part of um, Inside SCCA and 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 have you guys a part of the convention. Um, we can't wait to see. I can't wait to see the video of you and Randy and Hayward. Cause I know that's going to be a riot, but wow. um, we're so excited to have you guys support us and be a part of it. It's,
0: it's, it's something that we really look forward to. I, I, I am so happy to be here. So, and and when there are little announcements for things the next couple of weeks as they pop up, I'm I'm I got a good on good authority that someone will tell me about it, and I will also talk about them on on podcasts over the next few Absolutely. weeks. So, uh, we'll definitely get all of that in. All right, Abby, I think it's time for us to wrap this up because we could probably talk for another hour, but uh, we've got we've we've all got things to do. So, thanks again for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That's going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the SCCA. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the Racing Wire podcast network on whatever platform you use. It would also be great if you would leave a review and a comment. You can also follow us on social media to find out who our next guest is. Leave a question on Twitter. It's at RacingWireNet. There's a new podcast every week. Have yourself some fun this weekend and go play with cars. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.